What is up, everyone? Welcome to another issue of Sibling Rivalry, the comic book club show hosted usually by myself and my sister. But we got a return guest since my sister's computer's still broken, and he had such a blast the last time he was here. It's Zanza. Hello, I'm the replacement sister. Yep. <laughs> He's my favorite sister, really. I am, I am the deepest voice sister you've got. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, me. It's Ben Pye. Um, yeah, I am record. We're recording this early. It's Tuesday, just to to break the fourth wall a little bit. Uh, this sh- the show comes out on Friday. Uh, today's Tuesday, and uh, it is what time is it? It is eight o'clock at night. Um, I am getting up at three o'clock in the morning. So oh, delightful! No, no, I'm sorry. I'm getting up at two o'clock in the morning to leave by three o'clock in the morning to start driving from my home here in North Carolina down to Florida so I can spend Thanksgiving at Disney World and with my, my, my parents. and Holy shit. <laughs> but it's oh, an eight-hour oh, drive, words. and I have a six-month-old, so it's better to do it in the middle of the night so that she is sleeping through most of the drive. Okay, I'm going to watch my language so you only have to beep out the one word. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to waste the time to bleep out words, so if, uh, if, if if cursing happens, I'm just going to mark this episode of the podcast explicit! as explicit. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyways, shoot. so um, the remainder of the books for the year are my are essentially my picks, so I'm not even going to like say, oh, this week it's my pick, but it is my pick. Um, and uh, I chose Eternals. Because there's a movie that came out a couple weeks ago. Yes. Called Eternals. Um, yes. Currently, the first MCU movie certified rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think wow. Had, I think at, uh, at the time of recording this, and, and I'll pull it up so that I, I have a, an exact answer, um, but I believe it's like 59% on Rotten Tomatoes oh right my. now. Now I oh, want to no, see no, it. No, no, I'm sorry. It's 47% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, okay, now I have to see it. Yep. This um, is the first Marvel Cinematic Universe movie I've wanted to see in like a long time. And I will say, on recording this, have not seen the movie yet. Neither have I, but my sister has. Uh, when I was in the car with her earlier, I'm just like, hey, can you tell me like what happens in this movie? I'm curious. <laughs> um, now, what I do... What I did know about the Eternals ahead of time, and I'm only bringing this up because I have a friend. Yes. Um, and she's an archaeologist. Like, legit, she's an archaeologist. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, we the Eternals movie was announced, and I was like, oh, cool, that sounds really neat. And she had said, oh, yeah, that does sound neat. And then the trailer came out for it, and... Um, one of her least favorite like story tropes is that humanity's only here because of aliens. Right. And that's kind of the gist of the Eternals. So, <laughs> that is, that's the entire plot. So, so she saw the so, trailer and then said that. I'm like, oh, you didn't know what the Eternals were. I didn't before reading this. I am, but uh, a little of background that I have ascertained. um, Apparently, these were original uh, characters from Jack Kirby all the way back in the day. Yep. Um, They do look like it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But the uh, 100%. um, 
and the um uh the creative team we have today is one neil gaiman multi-award winning author who's worked in as many mediums as he possibly can it's true uh done pretty well in every single one Yes, uh, I certainly, uh, that is not my biggest complaint about this book, is the writing. Um, uh, and you got John Romita Jr., uh, best known probably for uh, doing the artwork for Hit Girl and Kick-Ass. I mean, he, he's an incredibly uh, well-known artist, and, and in, in my opinion, an incredibly talented artist. Yes. So uh, we, have, we have quite the creative team on this one. Which was so when I when I was going through and trying to pick um, an Eternals book, that was that was kind of like one of the things I was like, man, all of these look like they they look like Golden Age comics books. Um, yes, and this this Neil Gaiman entry in it is is no exception. Um, it this is a turn of the millennia book, but it still looks Golden Age comics. Which, on purpose. Yes, absolutely. Um, definitely keeping true to the style of Jack Kirby. Um, I feel like um, this is a good one to pick because yeah. this well, is this is a reboot. because of the creative team. <laughs> yes, um, but yeah, I, it, it is a reboot. Um, and so, I, I was talking to uh, someone uh, at my new job uh, who's also really into comics. Um, and, uh, we were talking about how Eternals was what we were doing next. And, uh, one of the things that he did bring up is like, one of the nice thing about the Eternals is that they're all pretty much self-contained stories. Okay. Um, so for the most part, you could pick up any run of the Eternals and read it front to back and, and it'd be a self-contained story. Um, but yeah, I don't... I was not expecting the incredibly heavy, like, I, whether you want to call it Voltron vibes or Power Rangers <laughs> vibes. <laughs> it is kind of like a Sentai, isn't it? Um, <laughs> that, it's definitely, uh, it's totally what I it got. is. Uh-huh. I, um, they even have giant, they, have, they even have Megazords. They do. So, yep. so, I would like, um... I would like you to voice your opinions on the book first. Okay. Um, I mean, so, so story wise, now this is one of my least favorite tropes in comics. Um, right. Let's start a story where um, the main heroes have lost their powers or lost their memories and have no idea that they're heroes. It's one of my, okay. it's, it's done a lot in comics um, and it is usually my least favorite thing that's ever done in comics. Mm -hmm. That being, I, um, go ahead. Go yes. Ahead. No, no, I want, I want uh, no, no, keep, I finished your statement. Okay. That being said, I didn't hate how it was done here, but I think that is because I am unfamiliar with the heroes. So right. it was a good way to, kind of learn who the heroes were without their powers and then kind of how they are once they are given back to them. 
So yeah, it this, was kind of like an origin without being an origin story. Yeah, th- this is intended to be your introduction to these characters. This is intended to be how where your jumping point. And for that, it was written much the same way like one of the Marvel movies would be. Like, we'll put them in a starting point, have a plot hook, get you in, and tell you who they all are, and then, like, ends on, like, a world state for future stories to build on, right? Right. It, it, it's, it, this is intended to be a proper beginning. This is, so this is supposed to be what tells you who they are if you haven't read a bunch of old comic books. And it doesn't require too much knowledge of the Marvel Universe either. No, it, so it really it's does a, not. It is, it is designed to be the optimal start-on point. Yeah. I, um, and I like that about it, actually. And I also like... So that, that's why I was super yeah. interested to, to have, have you uh, on for some of these, because this isn't, this isn't your thing. Nope. Um, like, like superhero comics um, in Western comics, to my knowledge. For the most part. No, not really. Um, um, so I was I was really curious as to to how to to what you were going to to think of essentially any book that that we read that's a Western comic. Um, it it was interesting because like um it was definitely a much better jump on point than I've attempted before. Because <laughs> have you ever tried reading Blackest Night without knowing anything going in? Um. I have not, but I have read Blackest Night, and I, that is and that is you. You need all of the context to understand anything in it, and I had none. And that is true with a lot of like world crossover events. It's hard to just pick up a, a world crossover and yeah. be able to be like, oh yeah, this is a fun read. There's so, very few that are like that. I want to start with what I was impressed with. Go for right. it. All the good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, first off, the inking. Uh-huh. The inking is fantastic through the entire book. Yeah. Like, like uh, I am actually not super big on the comic book's art style, like, at all. But the inking is gorgeous. And the, the actually, on this page right here, it's got to go away in two seconds. But, like, the composition of all the shots are also pages. great. Lots of really striking uh, imagery, you know. Uh, yeah. Really good use of positive negative space. This like is the, one comp- of my favorites. Yeah, composition was great across the board. Um, the uh, uh, my uh, it was really easy to follow everything. The dialogue was supernatural. All the characters felt really human. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, in spite of everything, right? But uh, they 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 felt. It felt natural. It felt believable, and there were only a few points in the book where I ever got lost on like the sequence of things. Mm-hmm. It was it flowed great. There's even a fight scene with no dialogue that flowed well and was easy to follow. That is not common no, in the superhero not. comics at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a lot more good things to say about the whole thing than bad, but I still didn't like it. Yeah, I feel where. Like- um, where you can I can tell that I read a really good book, but I can also tell it really wasn't for me because um, it's like I didn't like it stylistically. Academy. Yeah, <laughs> I I didn't like it stylistically at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I think they all look super dorky. Um, yep. and I wasn't super invested in any of the characters. Right? 
I didn't get super attached to any of them. It isn't like Guardians of the Galaxy where you go in, you laugh at how big, much of, like how much of an asshole they are to each other, right? right? Mm-hmm. You you don't pick up on any real chemistry with the characters aside from like Cersei and Makari. Uh, yeah, maybe. those two were great uh, together. Yeah, seeing them on screen. Also, real um, quick. Yeah, Makari, Mike Curry, yeah, and, Mark Curry, and Icarus, <laughs> Ike Harris. <laughs> gotta love it. Sassy. It's a sassy writing right yeah, there. Gotta love it. It's very funny. Um, it took me a little bit to even realize it, too. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it did. As soon as Ike Harris came up, I'm like, that's Icarus, isn't it? I didn't know who Icarus was. So that, for me, that was new. But I also just love the very beginning of the book. How it starts. Where this dude just wakes up from a nap. Like, oh, I hate my life. And the dude yep. walks up like, hey, what if I told you you were an eternal? You're like, I Please don't go need away. religion right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, just it's just a highlight. They go out of their way to set it up with like the grittiest, most realistic world. And they throw at you how absurd the entire concept is immediately yeah. out of context. Yep. And uh I thought it was I thought that was great. Um but at the same time. Nothing really happens in it. Yeah, and, and uh, there's not a not a real conclusion either. That's deliberate too. Yeah. Uh... So it doesn't. So it feels like it because this feels like very much Other the same. Snapping sort of, an eleven year old's neck, by the way. It did do that. That did happen. <laughs> but to be fair, that guy's been eleven year old for a million years. How long? <laughs> <laughs> I I um freaking i knew as soon as they're like hey this guy's 11 years old I'm like this is gonna get weird yep this is gonna get weird there's some weird sex thing is gonna happen somehow i knew immediately <sighs> yeah <laughs> and i was right yep i think i uh i'm not gonna go into the psychology of that but there is psychology involved oh yeah there. but the um it it like feels like what you'd see in a marvel movie right it like sets up the character arcs with a hook, builds up for you know the 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 climax and conclusion, then just doesn't give it to you because they they just set up like, hey, there's a giant freaking robot, San Francisco now, and the entire world knows about it. The Avengers are probably gonna have to deal with it someday, and then they just leave that. This it feels like it feels like what they want to do is they want to get you in on the Marvel universe. Want you get you in on these characters. For the long haul, they want this is a comic intended to get you to continually read about the Eternals over time, rather than give you a proper this, story. This was never meant to be like a long-running book, though. Yeah, but it, it it permanently affects the world state of the Marvel universe by having a giant ass robot in San Francisco that everybody knows, like even Galactus knows, could kill him. Yeah, uh, the, that was a part that I did really appreciate. That not only. Uh, they they showed how um, other beings in the Marvel universe, like pretty well known beings of the Marvel universe, um, like looked at this. Yeah, so this was always meant to be a seven issue arc. So why didn't they give it an ending? That's that that's just what I'm saying. That this feels like it's. It, I mean, it ends. At the end, it doesn't say the end. It says the beginning. Yeah. It's like, no, we're making more after this. This is what it's telling you. 
it, it is is it puts them re re-enters these characters into the Marvel universe. It then says other writers go figure it out. Yeah. It is not intended to end here. But it does. But it does. Oh my god, it does. And it's extra frustrating because you know is completely on purpose because the writing is so deliberate, right? Uh-huh. It, 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 the writing is immaculate, honestly, for the whole thing. And, but... I guess so, it... I guess it does continue with another uh another like uh um writer artist duo a year later. Like they start picking it up a year later. It is critically panned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man. Um and, and so I, I have a lot of the the same same opinions as you. Like I I love superhero comics. I love you know I I love this genre. Right. Um, and reading through it, I can I can appreciate like what it was doing and and you know the 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 level of talent and skill that that does go into it. Yeah. But I mean, it does not leave me thinking, oh, I want to read more about the Eternals. Nope. <laughs> like, like, I have no interest in picking up another Eternals book. Yeah. I, um, I, I feel like you have to be a long-time fan to think they're cool. Because, I mean, just look at them. They're just the dorkiest designs you've ever seen. It, 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 it is true. I mean, um, and, and like at the end of the book, it actually shows you what the old Jack Kirby designs look like, and yep. they're dorkier, but also more charming because they have Jack Kirby's art to go along with it, and it feels right. like it makes more sense in context. Uh huh. Right, and here it's just like, oh no, it's it's just big dorky. I do love though the sense of scale they give it. Yes. Right? Where oh, where yeah. those the big god robots are celestial, freaking massive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I'm. I might pick up the modern, like the the first couple of issues of the modern run of Eternals, just to just to see how how they modernize it, because I could I could see I feel like this just falls too much in the middle, right? Like it's a modern book trying to kind of take on the its its classic style but it's like when meg was like when they brought back mega man with mega man 9 they made an 8-bit style game yeah yeah it, it, it this is intended to feel nostalgic right but i don't have any nostalgia towards it so it right. didn't work on me i love Actually, these do covers have, like, by the way oh the covers are gorgeous but uh the um there's a uh i actually have like a a box of old really old comics, right? That we've dug through. I have like issue three of Jack Kirby's uh two thousand one A Space Odyssey. Oh right? nice. Uh I have like uh and some old like fables like adapted. I think I have an old Spider Man PSA in there. And there is absolutely a a strong charm to those old books that makes them really fun. Right. And but this like couples it with really grounded writing writing that feels 
very modern realistic and also does the thing that i actually just don't like about superhero comics in general where they feel the need to have a bunch of flowery narration all the time and this is better than most of them where like um they want to set a mood like a really a slightly dreary mood with with how characters talk in the narration right with how it's everything is presented and I think, again, part of that is they want to juxtapose the, the gritty reality with the absurd enormity of like the Celestials and the characters, right? They want to make these characters feel like gods in comparison to real life. So they try to establish a very realistic sense of, of setting and, uh, and, of, and of where it takes place. But um, they're just way too dorky for that. I do, however... I like Druig, like the, the, yeah, the guy. His, his, he is one that I'm a little more invested in. Like, so I, he, he there are three characters. Yes. There's three characters that I'm, I'm interested in. Druig, Makari, and Cersei. That's fair. See, Cersei's just like the most fun to see do anything. Right. <laughs> And and uh, Druig, his superpower is exposing people to their own personal traumas to manipulate them. Yeah, he he makes them experience waking nightmares. If if I read a story about fighting that guy, it would be awesome. But that yeah. is not what we read. Nope. I'm like, oh, I would love to see this guy as a proper villain, right? Like like mm-hmm. right now, but like we didn't. Yeah. And I mean maybe maybe that's like the the good that comes out of this book is like may, maybe if if I revisited Eternals on on like this show, I might yes. specifically search out that story. Like mm-hmm. look up good druig focused stories or Makari uh focused stories, which I think Makari has to exist in um, in the movie, I think Makari is played by a deaf woman. What? Like oh, they, they changed Makari to, to be a woman in the in the movie. Um and they have uh they have her they they make her deaf. Okay. Yeah. Give a chan a Cersei. Oh she's like yeah. uh, seeing Ridloff her photo there. She's Makari. Oh, so so Cersei's probably pegged as the protagonist here. I have no like, idea. Like based on the fact that like in the cast she's got top billing, but that's the Wikipedia. Let me check uh Let me check uh the the, the, the cast of the of this movie though, like oh my god. Internals 2021. Uh, Give uh, a chance. Cersei, she's basically perfect. Richard Madden as Icarus, he's basically perfect. Yeah. Angelina Jolie as Thena, she does actually yeah, have yep. the same face. Uh-huh. I, I thought that too, um, looking through, like watching this, I'm like, oh, or reading this. Like, oh, they gender bent uh, Ajax too, I think. Um, oh, yeah. Which one was Ajax? That uh, was like oh, the. Uh, he was the one that could talk to uh, Eternals or yeah. Celestials. Celestials. I got Gilgamesh? You. Oh, I need to see this movie. 
Yeah, so so Gilgamesh is the strongest Eternal. Le- Leah McHugh as Sprite. Is that voice acting? Because you just need to get an eleven-year-old. Oh, what is going on in this movie? Yeah, Lauren Redloff has McCartney. <clears throat> what did they do? So, uh, what I've seen of Lauren Ridloff as Makari actually looks, like, really cool. Uh, and, like, really um, endearing. Oh, I didn't even notice that Sprite was in this. I wonder if they're going... I haven't seen the movie, so... I wonder if Sprite's also going to be... Oh, yeah, I just, I just found a picture <coughs> of the whole cast lined up. Yep. Also, Harry Styles, Eros. So, Eros is Thanos's. Little brother? Big brother? Oh. Yeah. Just in case uh, you were wondering. They 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 tried to pick an, an aesthetic with this movie that kind of worked. And they don't look as dorky as the comic book. But they do kind of still look like they're wearing a bunch of like like they got these at Spirit Halloween. Just a little bit. Uh, yeah, but in the same sense that... Uh... That they did in um, like the Thor movies, the the, the, like same, the first Thor movie. At the same time, though, like I kind of <laughs> do appreciate you. Like, no, we're gonna make a movie with a like Power Rangers like Sentai group, and we're just gonna do it. Yep, I'm okay with that. Clearly, I just need to see the movie. <laughs> like, we're not gonna be able to draw any conclusions. Exactly, because we're <laughs> like the movie's out, so people are listening to this and being like, I mean, uh, people are listening to this and have seen the movie and are just like. Well, Okay, they they gotta shut up, man. Yeah, <laughs> but no. So uh, I don't know what to do with like a number score on this book because by all um, objective measures, it's fantastic, but it's just doesn't leave you with that much of an impact and doesn't make me want to go read more about them. Ooh, I really Even like though that's like it's pri- of the twenty twenty one Eternals run. Oh, okay, let me see. Eternals 2021 comics. Let's take a look. Uh, once again, great covers. I don't know why these keep getting great covers. Um, well, I mean, because that's what gets people to buy comics. Well, I mean, yeah, that's, they should have great covers. They should always have great covers. But like, yeah, I mean, it looks solid. Again, I don't know if it's for me. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And honestly, just like the concept of like, oh yeah, these guys have been guardians who have been laying dormant through the entire history of the world uh, to protect these big celestial bodies that hang out. It's not particularly interesting to me. It's not like a concept that makes you go, oh, I want to read more about it. You know? Right. It's, it's like too... It's like too cosmic. Too... Like, like there's no relatability to that. There's no part of that that makes me want to go, oh, I want to just see how these characters, like like with their human psyches, effectively react to it. I also didn't necessarily appreciate um, how many biblical references there were. They wanted to do everything they could to establish a very massive scale, a very <laughs> godlike scale. So they kept using biblical passages in order to compare every like character and everything to it, specifically to God, you know? yeah. It's 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 built entirely on Christian paradigms, which makes sense for the readership at the time, I suppose. But like, it's um, it feels a little cheap to do it that way. I think. 
I feel like there are other ways to establish a massive scale. Um, like a good example, though it's anime as hell, um, is uh, the game uh, Shura's Wrath, where you have like this like six armed dude rapid punching people, but then like a god who's bigger than the planet puts his finger down on him and he catches it with all six of his hands when his finger is like bigger than the continent he's on. You know, it's like there there are plenty of ways to establish an impressive sense of scale without directly using biblical references. Yeah. It feels like everything does that. And of the comics that we've read on the show that have a lot of like biblical ties. Yeah. I don't this is one of the ones that I feel like did it the worst. It it, it ties in with its narrative the like not very effectively. They try know? to like they try to force it. I think yeah. in, in this one, whereas like in other comics that we've read, it's been like questioning faith and like all, all of that. So like, yeah, where 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 talking about you know Christianity then makes sense because you're specifically talking about Christianity mm-hmm. in your book, you know? Yeah, but this one doesn't. It just wants you to feel like everything in it is bigger than you is bigger than you can possibly comprehend and it's just a bunch of dudes in colored tights like sprite on the tweeny network (laughs) this panel right here bottom right where the dude gets freaking annihilated and he's just a skeleton most metal thing i've ever seen oh yeah this is the the, it was a a beautiful scene um where (laughs) (laughs) uh the deviants have tried every which way to kill icarus and they they decide, okay, well, we can't just reduce him to atoms. Let's reduce him to electrons. And you just see him get absolutely vaporized in this beautiful purple. Oh, it's an amazing skeleton. panel. It's 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 great. It's just it's just kind of upsetting that this that this book doesn't have like more of an impact on us when it's clearly this good. Yeah, and, and Yeah, it's just it's just not for me, man. Not for me either. Um, is this is this how it felt when you read Astro Boy? This is how I mean. Not Astro Boy was a little bit easier to pick like problems with it. So yeah, and <laughs> I, I think one of the things that made Astro Boy just a little harder for me on on yeah. the sense of of things was that that's not the style of comic that I read. Right. Um, this more is the style of comic yeah. that I read, and it still just kind of feels meh. Like I want to love it because it's Neil Gaiman and it's JRJ, and like I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, this can see why you would like both of them from reading this book. Yeah, and I I, I love, I I do love both of them. I don't know, I like, I don't like this. Yeah. But I guess, which is a shame, really. But also at the same time, this book is intended to sell you other books, right? This is this is a book where they want you to become a fan, where they want you to be invested in what happens next. So, in measuring it by that measure, right, you could see where they're coming from and why they made certain decisions. But it still doesn't necessarily work because we have no reason to go read more Eternals. Mm-hmm. I'm, so, 
Who to you in, uh, of, of the Eternals, who was the least interesting to you? I'm curious if, if you have the same... Ajax same didn't even show up for most of it. Um, freaking the, uh, the, the old guy. He's hilarious. I think his design's great. Yeah, because Zorus. he's just an old fat man. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, old hairy fat but, man. Yeah, but he he seems underutilized. Yeah, because like, that's the thing they chose to focus on a couple of them, uh -huh. right? Which is smart because this isn't a very long comic. I read it in a day, really. Uh -huh. And so much like when <clears throat> I think my best comparison to that would be uh, Big Hero Six, the Disney movie, uh -huh. is is um. They have six members of their superhero team. They focused on hero because they have an hour and a half. Right. Right. And that's not a bad idea. Right. But if they're trying to sell us on a whole group and then not sell us on the whole group. I, I love right? Big Hero 6, by the way. I, I have mixed feelings on it. Have you read I the, think it's a, the manga yeah. for it? I, I have not. It's fun. I, 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 I should have figured there was a manga for it's it. It's fun. It's fun. I've read some of the Kingdom Hearts manga. Yeah, uh, that one has a really goofy art style that makes it super fun. It's like sometimes they'll just scribble things out just to make things funnier. It's nice. a good time. But yeah, no. Um, so how the hell do we get those number ratings? Yeah. So real quick, I just want to throw out there. Yeah. I think the 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 least interesting Eternal in my mind yeah. was one of the ones that they focused on the whole book, and that was Icarus. I just... Icarus I didn't have, do shit in the I book! I could have cared less. If, yeah. if he had not been in the book at all, it wouldn't have yeah, bothered like, me. Like, he got the best panel in the book where him dying... Yeah. Is, is, it has, like, is drawn with so much impact, but zero emotional weight. Because who the hell is he? Yeah. Yeah, we haven't... He hasn't made us laugh. Right? Actually, like... Cersei's the only one that did anything that was funny. Yeah. Right? And where, where she's like, oh, I'll just wave my hand. Oh, my cat's a dragon now. She's like, oh, shit. Yeah, which I, I loved that, that, trans that the way a, that transformation was drawn. That it, might have been the best, pan the best page. Uh-huh. But the, also, uh, I don't understand why she was sitting in a swimsuit on a roof in, a, in New York. Pure fan service. Whatever. Pure fan service. Like uh, you bet you've watched as much anime as me. This is just that's just what you expect. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> her, her her cheeks had to be hot, man. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, no, it just felt like it because like it's like oh, this is our sex symbol, but she's not drawn in a way that's particularly attractive because she's very boxy because they're going for the super Jack Kirby look and uh -huh. and it's just not not that attractive. Like there's one variant cover where she's kind of hot, and that's about it. Uh huh. Ooh, <laughs> gosh. Sorry about the yawn there. So yeah, no. Um, but no, Makari and Cersei are definitely like they focused on them for good reason, right? They focused on them because they're the they're the most they're the best latch on points for the story they're trying to tell. This is exactly if I didn't know better, if I didn't know anything about the movie, I'd say this would be the exact perfect script and plot to adapt into a movie because you know the typical white dude protagonist is exactly who they normally this is that's who they would have gotten chris pratt for if they hadn't already gotten chris pratt <laughs> it's true but um so they were the easiest latch on points um so focusing on them was smart 
Yeah, but then, we didn't. You know, if there yeah. was a comic that was just like it's just those two, just those two, like I, I would. That might be kind of fun. Like it was just those two, on like their honeymoon or some shit. It'd be like right? aliens attack. Yeah, like no, so, that... some kind of like Mister and Mrs. Smith kind of style. That would be hilarious, <laughs> right? That'd be great. <laughs> Except you know they're gods instead of secret yeah. agents. Yeah, <laughs> try to make sure nobody finds out we're gods. Uh, <laughs> that yeah. would be amazing, right? Uh, something you never knew you wanted, right? Oh uh, no, that's how, I know they do stuff like that. I know where Wandavision came from. Yeah, that's the same sort of thing, right? It's like I know comics do that sort of idea all the time because they focus. Because you, you, my friend, are all of these books' target audience. Like, white dude with a kid? Like, that's that's who they're typically targeted at. Yeah. So, like, and I mean, just, uh, more modern co- comics are getting better at, at that kind of stuff now. They're diversifying a lot more. And, and it's actually making them a lot more interesting. I'm, I'm really, really... I, I love looking at where comics started and where comics are now. Because... They, they, they adapt politically. It's so much over time. And and like yeah, you can you can go back, you can read books, regular books from um, you know, different time periods and get a, a good sense, but uh or but like TV and movies, they take so long to get brave and like test the boundaries. And I feel I mean, there are some boundaries that comics have taken a little bit of time to yeah. to test, but right. I feel like when comics decide to test boundaries on things, they just go balls to the wall. They don't like. I think it's because they're comparatively really cheap, right? Because like, oh, this book flops, we could just cancel it, make another one, right? They, they, like, there's a lot less risk, right? With a big Hollywood movie, you're just like, we need to make sure everybody buys this movie or like spent like goes to the theater and then we need to make two versions of it so that china will also buy this movie yeah and and just to make sure we don't go under because we might be disney but if any one of these is like enough of a failure we're done because they cost so much movie because cost so much money right and but comics right like the whole like marvel dc thing is a sinking ship but Warner Brothers and Disney don't need to care because they can make millions off of the movies they adapt from it. Yep. Right? So they uh like I disagree these... about the whole sinking ship thing, but I, I But we can I, we can do a whole conversation on that for I'm just of the opinion that they should just go straight to graphic novels forever and just not worry about monthly issues. But that's just me. Like same artists, same writers, just as many things. Just make them just go straight to graphic novels. Yeah, I think the the thing with that though is that collecting things right now is such a big thing. Yeah, that it's it's not going to go anywhere anytime soon. I feel like that's more has to do with tradition than anything else. They want to maintain the comics tradition as much as they can because people love it. Yeah, I, I mean. The the comic book model right now also is really, really good for people who want to collect because right. it's like where where these people are, where, where Marvel and DC are making all of their money 
are first edition runs and first edition variant cover runs. So right. they make all of the money they need to make off of that. And then it's like the second second printing, third printing, fourth printing. That's just like essentially costs them nothing to do, but is gravy. Because all yeah. they do on those second, third, and fourth printings is just put a, a you know a, a thing on there that says second, third, fourth printing. And then it's suddenly not worth as much. Right. And uh, Pokemon mm-hmm. cards would do the same thing. Yeah, but the, exactly. Um, uh, the only problem with that, right, <laughs> is that in like 2019, I believe I saw an, ar- an article once, Scholastic outsold both Marvel and DC with um, young adult graphic novels. Interesting. Yeah, the, the full collected books sell way better as a whole. So we, um, we're, we're getting off, off of yes. Eternals really, we're really hard. I would actually love to, to have this conversation in a separate like, thing because there's, <laughs> there's, a whole, there's a whole thing to be said about... I could find this article. Yeah, I, I think if you could, let's, yep. let's, let's record something separate. Maybe, right. maybe when let's, I'm back from our, vacation. Let's get our number rankings yes. uh, done and then we'll just start another video. <laughs> I don't have time for that because I have to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Next um, time, next time. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so story, I usually start with story. Mm-hmm. I do think that the fact that they took a story trope in comics that I absolutely despise, but still made it gripping for me. Like I, I was interested throughout Um and then kind of made this an origin story without being the origin of the uh, of the Eternals. I I do appreciate what Neil Gaiman brought to the table here, um, because I knew nothing about the Eternals. I still feel like I don't know anything about the Eternals, but <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like I could probably have. Uh, a good foundation for this group. We know um, who they are. Yeah, and I know more about what they're they're doing and and why they exist. Um, yes, I think. Yeah, uh, I, I I think it was it was interesting enough, but the biggest disappointment to me was. Really, the the lack of closure. Yeah. I would I have think... I would have liked to have seen Neil Gaiman take this to the end of this story arc. Yes, I think uh, that if the, they took either the Sprite, or whatever it's called, if they took either Sprite or Druig, right, made them the proper villain to give it a proper climax, right, uh-huh. with an actual like fight at the end or something, then um, like it would have been pretty standard. But it still would have been engaging enough to make it fun, because both of them were plenty good villains, or like if they wanted to use utilize them like that, and um, and that's all it needed really was to take was that and maybe like a bit more humor, because if it wanted to be funny, it could be funny. Like the the dialogue was witty enough, it was snappy enough, it was natural enough mm-hmm. that with a few more um. With a few more, uh, like, with a few more jokes, with a few more things to make me uh, attached to the characters, to make me like them, to make me feel their charisma, then I would uh, probably be a lot more interested in reading more of them. 
yeah. and with, with a proper climax to the story. <clears throat> That's those are like the two main things that needed, I think. Yeah, I I agree. So I think for me, story wise, I I give it a six. I'm gonna give it a seven. You're gonna give it a seven? Yeah, because it's still for me with comics and any storytelling medium, unnatural sounding dialogue will immediately take me out of a story. If if something doesn't seem natural, if something doesn't feel like somebody would say it, mm-hmm. right? I'm done. I'm out. I quit. For sure. It is that instant. One line that sounds weird, I'm out. I'm done. I have almost zero tolerance policy for unnatural sounding dialogue. And this never got there. The dialogue was, as a whole, very fun and very realistic and very believable. And I appreciated that about it. Uh, I could tell how good Neil Gaiman was from how realistic the characters felt. And uh, so I think I'm comfortably giving it a 7. Honestly, the quality of the writing should be higher than that. But I didn't personally enjoy it that much, so I'll put it at seven. So for for me, it's like the quality of the writing was great. For uh, something that I can I can read something that's absolutely phenomenal from beginning to end, and the ending can just kill it. Right. I'm not so I'm not as much that way. Um, and that that's why that's why mine goes goes down one. I do agree that there is. It, it it is well done, and I res- and? again re- respect what Neil Gaiman did. He's done better. And, and, yeah, but there is a fight scene that's flowed clearly, was easy to read, and was engaging without any dialogue. And that's immediately since that's one of my biggest complaints with superhero comics. I'm just going to give it like a point, just being able to do that. But that's like an art and writing thing. Yeah, I was going to say I feel like that the obviously the storyboarding comes into effect there, but the art really it's both of them. It is 100 percent both of them. Yeah. So I'm gonna honestly, it should be like a 6.5, but I can't really. Can I do a 6.5? You can do a 6.5. I'm gonna do 6.5. I mean, you're being Anna, and she loves giving point fives. <laughs> so yeah, it works. It, yeah, I mean, it's 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 good enough for better, but it didn't it didn't necessarily work. All right, talk me through art. Um, I think it's the same deal. Uh, where on a technical level, it deserves like a nine because like, um, everything the characters are really expressive. Everything flows cleanly. Um, everybody looks really distinctive, uh, and the inking is wonderful. I cannot get over this ink. Fantastic <laughs> ink work. Um, but I didn't personally find it appealing. I didn't think it was very fun to read, and I didn't actually like the color palette very much. I felt like it felt uh, very flat and didn't actually contribute a whole lot uh, to the uh, emotional journey of it, with with some exceptions. Yeah. Right. And I, I it was feel like consistent in how well, it was. Con- it's How? consistent, but it was um, it wasn't. It didn't add to it that much. Yeah, I think. So I'm gonna actually also put that at a seven. Okay. Because even though the skill and and, and like draftsmanship involved is excellent, and it, it, it just I didn't find it personally appealing. So I would say a seven. All right. So I also gave Art a seven, um, partially out of my respect for John Romita Jr. 
Um, <laughs> I uh, I enjoyed the portrayal of the um, of the characters. Uh, I respect that they that. <sighs> That they tried to keep a sense. classic kind of yes. comic feel to them. It, w- it didn't break the mold for me in any way, shape, or form. It was average, and like you were saying, it didn't really add anything special to the story. Like I, I don't feel like... I feel like across the board, the story and the art were just equally mediocre. I think, or not, not mediocre, but I think they were both excellent, but didn't work. They didn't land. Yeah, well, you can tell they're great creators, and this one didn't quite land, at least for us. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. Um, you could tell to this. Let, yeah, like leave comments down below. Let me let me know. Absolutely. Like, let us know what would. What if you loved this book? Tell me why in the words of the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> tell me why. Yep. <laughs> I'm just thinking uh, of the Brooklyn Nine-Nine scene. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, shoot! No, the um, it wasn't bad at all, but it just doesn't wasn't for me. Wasn't for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you gave it. You gave. So I assume seven. your overall score is probably a seven as well. Solid seven. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm in the same boat. So, it's sounding like the movie might be an acceptable adaptation. Yeah. Based on scores, I mean, seven's not bad, right? Seven's not a bad book, right? No, it, it's seven it's, means you might like it a lot. It's average if you're listening to this. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Seven means that somebody somewhere, this might be their favorite book. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Um, And always remember that Ds get degrees. Yeah. You know? I, uh... I... wish I liked it more, because I could tell how good it, like, could be. Yes. And I, there, I... And, like, that's almost more disappointing than a bad comic. Right, because a bad comic you can derive some enjoyment from how bad it is, uh-huh. or or like it'd be more memorable. Right, yeah. this one's just like, hey, we have like industry giants and legends, and uh, okay, okay, I guess. Yeah. Also, I I do want to just throw out there because I I want to I want to mention it. This whole yeah. scene um, with Makari speaking to um, the the dreaming celestial that was good. Um, I, I really enjoyed that. That was good. Scene. That was a good scene. Yeah, I really... There's lots of good scenes. Exactly. There are lots of, like, self-contained good scenes, but they didn't bring it together to be, like, a really good book and it, for me. For me. And, like, the panel layout's great. Like, the, the shot composition's great. Yep. Consistently. There, yeah, there were some uh, panels where they like switch, you know, flip them kind of on their side as you're reading them and things like that. Like it, there, there were things that were good. There, there was just wasn't no a reason. lot that was great. You know, one of the so... things this book didn't have that I yeah. usually really like in comics, though, 
Um, and and this will be kind of like a little bit of a, a shout out to, to Anna because this is like her favorite thing. There wasn't a... I don't remember there being any panel breaking. There were a couple places where... Like, what do you mean by panel breaking? So, where, um, like, characters go... Or, or parts of the scenes go out of their self-contained panel into right. the rest of the page. There was none I, of that in this. There wasn't. And I don't think there needed to be either. I don't think... Like, like there are times where that's absolutely called for and can be really cool and really engaging, but I don't think... There are a I, few I don't scenes... don't called for it. Like, no. with the... Just how massive the Dreaming Celestial was... I think yeah. I could have. I think that could have been pretty, pretty great. And I think that for a lot of the been a good flashback way, scenes, that would have um, been a good way to establish scale scenes. I think that would have been, yeah, like uh, just, just, just for, just for an example. Um, and I mean, I, again, this. This is just something that I like. It doesn't necessarily mean that, oh, this is how it should have been done. But, like, with this this first page, chapter one, the first page, where Mark Curry is dreaming of himself as uh, Makari, mm-hmm. I almost would have liked him sleeping at the bottom and, like, the dream actually coming out of him kind of thing. That would have been neat. Um, but also, I think the way they do this is just fine. I but. think I, I I agree, but like the, just as an example of something a bit more creative. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it would have been really good for establishing the scale of the celestials here, right? Because yeah. uh-huh. like they already did a really good job of that. But um, like breaking out of a panel and seeing them from below could have like been pretty cool. Yeah, um, to just help establish how big they are, how crazy they are, um. Yeah, no. Yeah, the weakest aspect of the artwork is the color work. Um, it's not bad. It's just not interesting. Yeah. But that's that's the best way to put it. Yeah. Not bad. It's not really interesting. It's true. Um, I think I think this is a good point to to wrap up. Um, I think so too. I will say so. There won't be a new episode next week, which is Thanksgiving. So well, yeah. everyone enjoy your Thanksgiving. Go eat the turkey. Go eat the turkey. Unless um, you don't live in America, then go treat yourself in some other meaningful way. Yep. This is accurate. And yeah, if you don't live in America, you're like, oh, Thanksgiving was last month. What are you guys talking about? You still um, have good food wherever you live, unless you're like England or something. Yeah. And then go to your old-fashioned American diner. <laughs> Dude, uh, I, 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 have, I have stories I could tell you about being out there and how much people love like TGI Fridays. Like, that's the last <laughs> place I want to go when I'm here, guys. Um, anyways, when we come back, um, we'll be back the, I guess it'll be the first Friday in uh, December, which will be the right. third. Um, we will have read uh, volume one of Lock and Key. No, I'm sorry. Lock. I'm sorry. We're reading, it's DC. We're reading Justice League, The Nail. I I only know Justice League from the cartoon. That's a fairly decent foundation, honestly. It is. Yeah. So this is going to be interesting. I haven't. I don't think I've read a Justice League book. I'm. I. I don't read a lot of Justice League. 
but uh, I think I had chosen this one uh, when I was on my Hawkwoman Hawkman kick um, because I okay. I really loved Hawkman. Oh my god, such an interesting freaking story. Um, but there's not a lot of like Hawkwoman or Hawkgirl story like stories. Um, or ones where she's like the uh, a, a really main character in the comics. Um, she's obviously much bigger in the in the uh, the animated show. Um, and this was just one that was recommended to me by for people who like her character. Um, okay. I don't necessarily think that she's super super like prevalent character, but like you know she's there. Um, so that was that was why I chose that one. Uh, so yeah, December third of December, Justice League: The Nail. Um, that's when we'll be back. Zanza, please tell the good listeners, watchers, viewers, where can they find you? All right, there are two main places you can find me. One is Twitter.com. Uh, you can find me at Zanza forty seven, uh, and uh, on Twitch also Zanza forty seven. Nice, 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 nice. And of course, you all can always find me pretty much everywhere. It's Ben Pai. I-T-S-B-E-N-P-A-I. That's going to be Instagram, Twitter, uh, the whole nine yards. Uh, you can also find some of my photography uh, on Instagram, Ben Pai Photo. And then you can find everything Shalomas Day Comics related at uh, it's benpai.com forward slash uh, comic book club. Um, otherwise, follow Shaloma Stay Comics on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, um, everything there. I will do my very best to continue posting content while I am on vacation so that there's some stuff going up. But I make no promises considering I am very, very bad at just keeping up with the weekly content for shorts and TikTok that I say I'm going to do when I'm not on vacation. And, and don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Oh, yeah, you should definitely do that. Do it, those things. Click, click, the, click the thumbs up. Smash that like button. Go, go down there and, and, and say, hey, Benpai, Zanza, you guys are stupid. This is, this is the why best you're Eternals wrong. book ever. Um, you know, <laughs> Jack fight Kirby me. Created the greatest section of heroes ever in the Eternals, but they're not really superheroes, guys. That's what makes them special. Yep, that's exactly what the comments sound like all the time. Um, and, you know, maybe you thought the best part of the comic was, you know, the snapping of an 11-year-old's neck. I don't know. I certainly think so. Yeah, I mean, tell us why we're terrible people for thinking that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that little shit had it coming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, remember to keep your polis nice and full. And until next week, next time... Shalomaste. Shalomaste! Ha! I did it this time. You did it this time. Good job, buddy. <laughs>